was going to say, mate, you've done very well. This is um, this is legit. Yeah, man. Six I've got lots of fun, man. This is. You can smell the rich mahogany out of this table. It's yeah, it actually doesn't smell like IKEA. It's really good. Mm. Oh my goodness, this is going to be a tough show for me. <laughs> I, so I spend a lot of time with women, both in my growing up and in, and in my work. Mm. And so to be with such fast, masculine wits around me is weird. Ah. <laughs> What do you prefer for the tone of this show to be? We're already recording, so this, they'll see all this. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> he's got, look, he's got a trump on now. Uh, what? Look at him. We're coming to you live from the People's Project. <laughs> you, can, you can start us if you want. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 14 of the People's Project. I am very, very intimidated, sitting in between two people who are within striking distance. I'm sure they could both kill me with the pens in front of them right now. Unbelievable. We have, of course, Heston Russell, the founder of the Australian Values Party. Heston Russell also has... I'm sure it killed a large number of people. Well, you've been a special forces commando, right? Don't laugh, sure. it's serious. That is not normally the icebreaker. Yes, I have killed people. Yes, I have been a commando, but I have a three-year-old sausage dog and I'm still warm and gooey in the center. <laughs> uh, anyway, so highly decorated, uh, was it Army, Air Force? Ar Army, Army. Yeah. Army. Welcome home. Uh, and also over here, please tell the people who you are. Uh, Chris Burson, I've also deployed and I got rotavirus in Timor, so it was also quite dangerous. <laughs> Army for you? Yeah, army. Yes. But I was in a like I was flying around in a black hawk, so I but picked up people who'd walked for days, and, oh, yes. and I had an air conditioned little container over there. So, but instead of just coming home and doing bugger all like he did, you went to port and cert in Vicpol. How do you go with port and cert? Everybody does. What? What else did you do? <laughs> like, like you did negotiation I, tactics. I, yeah, yeah. I also worked the van, and the van. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. The van at Richmond. Well, it's not when you're in Richmond. and We're going to talk doing... about that soon. One of those bastards who was shooting at us. <laughs> uh, so Ooh. On, Ooh. You got, on today's show, we need to talk about some very important things like uh, raw sea coconut water. That's very important. Uh, we need to talk about uh, Karens. We need to talk about ScoMo. We need to talk about Ali Langdon. I had such a crush on Ali Langdon mm. back in the day. Who's that? Yeah. You don't know? Oh, you're about to see her. We're about to see it. Don't worry, the crush is gone. Welcome to the show. If you want to support the show, go to discernible.locals.com. Everything we do is because of these people. In fact, I might even give them a bit of a yell out. So, you know, if you want some IT work, I'd go with Evolve Cloud, team at Evolve Cloud. You know why? Because they're on the plaque. And that's how you choose your providers in this state. Are they on the plaque or not? Let's go, gentlemen. First, we need to talk about something I think we should all take heed of. Mind your own business. Mm. One of my uh, guests, gentlemen, told me that they were out walking their dogs and the neighbors said, mm -hmm. uh, you've already been out with your dog today. This is during lockdown. Mm. Can you imagine your neighbors watching you to that extent? This is the whole dob on your mates. Dob on your mates. Not minding your own business. Yeah, wow. Do you ever feel like your neighbors are watching you? I mean, where do we get to a place where people are that bored that that's what they have to do? They're in lockdown. They have nothing else to do. Very, very true. But what sort of behavior does this encourage? Where is the line drawn? It's Where does snooping Australian. turn into voyeurism, turn into invasion of privacy? Wow, you've just jumped down five points in the list. Well mm. done. They haven't seen this list. They don't even know what we're talking about. So their reactions Sorry. will be real and live today. Well, no, but it's true though. Hey, I feel like Australians, are, they took to the snitch really easy. Scarily easy. Well, we, that's the sad part. I think Australians are very indirect. So as opposed to back in the day having conversations and what we call intervention and problem resolution at the lowest level, giving that indirect method where you can dob in, like Chris says, when he's a police officer, 90% of the things he turns up to is being a moderator or a high school teacher as opposed to dealing with real crimes and issues. That's true. 
Yeah, so a lot, most of the time we were teaching people how to be adults was probably about the extent of it. But with the snitching, you were in there taking, like you're trying to take reports for something that's actually happened, and then you'd have another five phone calls waiting, and you'd go on that one, you're like, what's happened? You're like, there's four people at that house. And then you'd be like, no dramas, I'll put you on number 25 of houses I need to go and tell to stop having fun. So you'd have, you'd go, and then you'd go to the house, or I'd, I'd try and triage it if I was in the station, and I'd be like, how many people are there? They're like three, and I'm like, how many people live there? And they're like, I've two. never seen more than two. And I was like, since the lockdown, now that yeah. everyone's unemployed and they have to stay at home, do you think potentially somebody worked night shift and now they're there? And they're like, I don't think that's probably what happened. And I'm like, so you don't know, but there's a good chance they're breaching. And they're like, yep. And then you go to some houses where they share houses and there's 12 people living in that house, mm. but they all study at uni mm. or they'd go whatever mm. else it is. And now they don't and they've all got to stay at home and there's 12 of them there and you're getting rung up every night because they're having a party. And you're like, what else are 12 people going to do? at a house who are locked at home and can't do anything else. This must be annoying as a copper. Yeah, but, I mean, a lot of your job is annoying as a copper. Like, <laughs> Which is why you left. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, one of, to be fair, one of my favourite things used to be in Richmond, we'd go and there'd be somebody who's overdosed on heroin and then, I know it doesn't, it's not, bear with me. And then they, you know, and then you'd go there and then the ambulance would turn up and they'd get Narcan and then they'd jam. What's Narcan? It's uh, basically it stops you from dying if oh, you've had an overdose. Cool. So cool it's like stuff. adrenaline that yeah. comes past and then all of a sudden you're wide awake. Yeah. And nobody cares that you just save their life because yeah. their heartbeat was at like two beats per minute. Yeah. They get up and they just want to fight whoever's there. And it's very amusing watching someone who's like, you're like, we just saved your life to turn around and hate you because you ruined their heart. Oh, and it's wow. like, But some days the heroin was really good and everyone was overdosing. And once people start overdosing, their heroin junkies know that's the good stuff. And then they all start overdosing because they all want some of it. And now you're just, the ambulance is jabbing people left and right when you bring them in. And you, you might do four or five and they run out and you get another ambulance. Damn, um, when you look behind the curtain of society, this is scary. Our ambulance service and our police forces are just there babysitting us because of our yeah, bad behaviour. Yeah. And then, like, um, I know we probably get onto that last, but like we had, um, my, my favourite incident was there was probably, one lady was probably 65 and the other one would have been high 50s. And they ended up having an assault at a petrol station because one lady didn't have a mask on who apparently had an had a, um, exemption. Not that I have a right to ask what your exemption is anyway, but the lady was like, basically did a citizen's arrest on this lady because she said, I'll wait in my car if you're upset about it because the 65-year-old lady came over and abused her for not wearing one. And it's like, well, if you're that scared that you're going to die of COVID, potentially don't go within your one and a half metre safety distance. But she was doing these ones. The lady said, I'll go wait in the car. And then she went to go wait in the car, and then the other lady thought she was going to leave without police coming to give her a ticket or whatever it was. So she tackled her. There's two old ladies wrestling Despite on the, the ground. Despite the risk of COVID, she was claiming yeah. she tackled her. Yes, yeah, so, so these two old ladies were wrestling each other. And then the four staff from APCO had to come out and grab one of them and take her inside. She's like, You better call the police. And the other lady just went, I'm leaving. So she left and went around the corner. But that lady was obviously hysterical and upset and stuff. Did you respond to this? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then so and then I went and spoke to the lady, and she's obviously like, "That lady took off. She needs a ticket for not wearing a mask and stuff." I said, "Look, no offence, but the only actual offence that happened is that you've assaulted somebody. I'm going to need to go and get a statement off her." The other lady didn't want to. She didn't want to pay, like go with it, yeah. so she'd make a statement. So it's like, no victim, no crime, pretty much. And then she said, "Look, can I go and fill my car up?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll give you a yell when she leaves." So she just rang around the corner, and then this lady yelled at me for a bit, and then wanted to speak to my boss because I didn't follow up that I needed to give this lady a ticket, and then. 
yeah, everyone went on there. It's a long way. story, but a good one. Mm. Hey, imagine if you could put that energy into, I don't know, actually what? helping bigger problems in society. Oh, yeah, four houses got robbed around the corner while I was there dealing with that. Yeah. But yeah, Unbelievable. Is citizens' arrest a real thing? Is there a legal provision to do that? Oh, God, here we go. Shane's I don't know, but I've always wanted to be that guy. I'm like, stop that person! No, these right. are deadly weapons. You're not allowed so, to under 458 of the Crimes Act, you can actually arrest somebody. So if you find somebody committing an offence, you can grab them. Really? But at no point will the chief or anybody else tell you to recommend that you do it. <laughs> so if I see Daniel Andrews in the supermarket at Mulgrave, oh, that's what? where he lives. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what's he doing? Are you serious? What is he doing? Come on, he's a criminal ever. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Comedian what? Charlotte Dober has kindly put together a nice compilation for us to show you. Hey, just mind your own business. Excuse me, sir. What are you doing? What? What are you doing? I'm just metal detecting. You can't do that here. What are you looking for? Why not? I told you I'm just metal detecting. Okay, I'm a part of the Angel Watch. Angel Watch? Yeah, you can't do that here. That's f***ing good for you, lady. Sir, I'm going to call the authorities. You can't do that. What are you looking for? Why not? I'm looking for Is your mother's... Law against How that? about that? Whoa! A lady walked past me and said, what, no mask? And I said, no panties either. Mind your business, Karen. Be for real. I will suck. Have you shove you in the back of your trunk and help people look for you. That's a fact. Oh, shots fired. She uh, chose violence this morning. They're playing. That's what the park is for. I never saw a car in here before. It's a, it's a power wheel park. What bothers me is you have a little kid in here that doesn't have a driver's license. You're not with him. It's not a real car. Just let people exist. So I had a lady at the store have the audacity to ask me if I was wearing a bra. And I said, no. And she said, well, I can see your nipples. And I said, well, happy birthday. <laughs> Mind your business. Ain't none of your beeswax, honey. So today I was walking near my daughter's school and <clears throat> this older lady looked at me and was like, excuse me. I said, yeah. She's like, why are you wearing your mask? I said, well, I'm outside, so I don't need to be wearing my mask. She then proceeded with asking me if I was vaccinated. So I responded with, um, do you do it? She looked at me and her mouth dropped to the floor. I said, oh, I thought we were asking personal questions. What I'm saying? <laughs> Please tell me why I'm going into Walmart in an oversized t-shirt and shorts and somebody comes up to me and they're like, oh my God, are you wearing shorts underneath that? Um, no, Karen, I thought today would be a good day to walk around bare pants in Walmart. I mean, it is Walmart. I've seen worse. <laughs> I've never been to Walmart. Is that what it's like? Walmart is amazing in America. You can buy guns on aisle four and panties that she doesn't have on aisle six. It's amazing. It's like Costco, isn't it? I've been to Costco here. Uh, but like I said, it's everything from firearms through to pantyhose. So I just want to know if those people have those lines pre-rehearsed at home or if they're actually that quick-witted. I can't do it. Can you do it when someone aggresses you in the street? I can't respond that quick. No, I probably have an emotive. Like, they're not emotive responses. They're, like, ready-to-go comedic responses. And, like, the presence of mind to be able to do that. And that dude, you know, old mate, she's from the, what is it, the Angel Watch? Angel. Related, <laughs> is it run by Charlie? Like, what is going on there? <laughs> Anyway, I can't believe it, man. I digress. Oh, well, that's the point of the show. Let's digress until we run out of things. But this, this is crazy, man. This is uh, unfortunately where we're going. I think people are getting up in everyone's grill and the powers that be uh, seem to be supporting it. You know what? Do you know Rings? Um, the doorbell thing? The brand mm -hmm. Ring? 
Mm-hmm. So they're creating a new show called Ring Nation. Amazon is with Wanda Sykes. Uh, Ring Nation, I, I, I've got to read you some Washington Post article about this. Mm. So did you know Ring, these are these doorbells, which I think we have in Australia, I think, mm-hmm. but they have partnered with 400 police forces, this is a bit higher now in the US, and some in Australia too, to give you what do you call a um, subsidy. If you install the Ring, the uh, government will pay you a subsidy the police forces because they mm-hmm. want these on the streets because it's surveillance, right? Yeah. So uh, you, you must, it's, it's helpful, mm-hmm. right? Now, here's the problem. They're coming out with this new show called Ring Nation, owned by Amazon, who also push, who sell the ring. So there's, a, there's an element of propaganda going on here. They are saying right now, look, we're just trying to make neighborhoods safer. Legal as, uh, experts are saying, hey, hey, this is bad because we have a private company rolling out something that a government never could. Mm. Can you imagine these ring devices everywhere? Why is this suspicious straight away? What else is it doing? Well, it's reporting to the police department. What else? What, well, okay. There was some leaks that it put out some Wi-Fi and MAC addresses. It leaked some of those. Mm, but apparently okay. that loophole's been fixed. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, if I'm at the watch house, I'm not watching everybody's ring doorbell no you're not you can go and inquire so go later on you can look at a square mile radius mm. and you can query the footage from those rings yeah. but there's there's footage at 7-eleven there's footage at every atm yes. you go to it's a, yeah, it already exists yeah. yeah but we're just now bringing that into every home yeah okay but it's the but it's on the outside it's not inside well, you can get ring devices all over the shop, but yes, yeah. primarily it's going to be the, the yeah. outside doorbell. So, so like, what are you saying? It's fine. Well, I'm saying that you've got implied consent up to the front door. So, like when people are like get off my property, that's when you now like can't be on their front one. So you've got implied consent to go up to someone's front door. Hence, why salesmen can come up and do stuff, and then you're like clear off. But if I'm looking for a car that's just done an agberg or done whatever else it is, and I'm trying to work out where that car's gone. I'm not looking to see if you've picked up after your dog. I'm looking to see if a car flies past at the front. But, but, so you, th- but you sign up to that. Yes, it's voluntary. So it's, yes, so for it's subsidised and it's voluntary. Yes, but I mean, that's how it all starts. My problem is... <laughs> voluntary is where it starts. Well, of course, you yeah. can't go to... The, this is, this is the, the scandal. If you want to do that, that's fine. But the mm. scandal is we have a private company rolling out something that government's never could. Mm. And the way they're doing it is by promoting it, it's going to help keep our neighbourhood safer, which it does. Like, mm. you, can, you can catch perps quicker, right? But you've really got a product based on paranoia. Mm. And you, you're creating a network of surveillance, yeah, but without oversight. I mean, deterrence is a very powerful instrument in preventing crime. If people know that it's out there and likely to be watched, they are less likely to commit crimes. This is in the US, yeah. Well, then let's yeah. Well, then let's live in the Panopticon. They've got it where in everyone's as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Then let's just live in the Panopticon where everyone's filmed for everything. I mean, you pretty much are anyway. You carry around a smartphone these days. There's a potential. I mean, well, it's America. You've got bigger problems to worry about than you can, you can shoot people on your front lawn. Yeah, but there was like there was companies using like Pokemon's run by the CCP, Pokemon Go run around, and they're getting footage of like classified areas. That's the same thing. That. That's the same thing because that's yeah. it's subversively gaining a surveillance ability. Yeah, but the difference with that is you, it's in the like you didn't know that you were filming some stupid area yeah. <laughs> beforehand. Yeah. To, and that's like inside buildings, that's whatever. Like, Did they place playing, the Pokemon in places they wanted to well, I mean, surveil? See if they didn't run it by me. But <laughs> if, if they were, they were Allegedly not away. confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> Will deny Alleged, if allegedly. pushed legally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like there's, there's stuff that you're, you're doing that you didn't know you were signing up for, where I feel like if you get a ring product out the front and they're like, I'm going to give you the option of 
opting in to do this. Get a bit of money. Provided, yeah. yeah. Like, Ring's not cheap to have it on the no, whole time. No, no. So if they're like, we'll give you 50% off, but we get to use your footage whenever we want, yeah. and then they start only fans with it, then yeah. potentially don't do that. But, you know, yeah. like, if there's if they're gonna just, just going to use it to actually try and catch people who are coming up to your door and doing whatever, I don't have a drama with it. You sound like a cop. Because every cop I speak to, they have, it's the same attitude, which is, hey, we need to catch the perps. But that yeah. mentality means any technological thing can sacrifice privacy as long as it makes us safer. So my best example is, have you been to Singapore? No. So Singapore is one of the most technologically advanced cities as far as having surveillance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much so that everyone knows you can literally leave your wallet somewhere and come back and it'll be sitting there. It's like because, Japan, yeah. Because if someone takes your wallet, they have that good surveillance that... And the laws are tough to get the arm yeah. chopped off or whatever it is. Yeah. But also yeah. just the, through facial recognition software and everything else, they will literally have police at your home before you're back because they already know where you live. That's why in mm. Singapore you don't see uniformed police, you don't have the crime rates, you don't have all these things. Immediately there are very severe punishments, but they literally have made this network so much so that it actually acts as a deterrence. So you're right, I mean, it's 51 half dozen, dozen the other, what do you prefer? Depends who you trust to be on the other end of things like that, but honestly, if it's outside hiding in plain sight, what it sees shouldn't be anything other than should be able to potentially be recorded. But you've also opted in. Is the other thing like yeah. if you've if you've made that purchase because there's other companies for now this is use. the point though so amazon are pushing it and they're making these funniest home videos knockoff called ring nation and yeah. so it's going to be it's going to get the net the, the this network out through mm. a popular mechanism yeah. whereas imagine if the government said no we want you to all get it everyone got nah yeah that's wrong yeah, yeah it's clever yeah very clever mm. well that's amazon you're right well. funniest home videos knockoffs would be very good i think it would be very good well um Speaking of just the idea of minding your own business, it's going to be harder and harder when we have more of this kind of stuff. Uh, I am wondering whether you don't actually need cops to come to tell you to not swing on the swings or whatever it is. Right? It. You love it. Why? Yeah. This is another thing I hear from the cops is mm. that you want the community to police the community, right? It takes resources off you. They keep themselves in line. Well, social pressure. Yeah, but when you're saying in line, it's like I'm not saying you walk around with a cane and somebody like you know does something wrong, you whack them. No peer pressure. But like, if, well, I don't want peer pressure. I want people to be adults. Where you're like, hey, mate, do you mind not stealing that bloke's car? And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to change my life. That's great Thanks because you don't want other people to look and, and say your yeah. garage is full of tellies. Yeah. No, but I'm talking about. <laughs> But why have you got 50 tellies in your garage? Yeah. No, I'm talking about like when they called you and said, hey, there's three people, there's three cars over there and there's usually two. Yeah. This is getting a bit much. Yeah, that's a waste of... But the thing is, you don't even know if they've done anything wrong. So yes, that's... but you're encouraging that, not you, but the commissioners mm. I've heard encourage that kind of behaviour for make sure if people are doing something dodgy, they've got 50 tellies in their garage, report them. Yeah. It's the same citizen uh, surveillance that they're encouraging. But they started that with terrorism. And see something, say something, and then they move that on to if someone's not wearing a mask, see something, say something. I think in there is something's got lost along the way, like potentially thousands of people dying versus old mate's wearing his mask that he's worn for the last three weeks, so it's intoxicated anyway, and it's not working, and he's not wearing it, and then they call us. Whereas I feel like noise complaints, why am I going to a noise complaint? If you've lived next door to somebody for 15 years, you should be able to go, hey, Matt, I've got a kid young kid now, they're waking up and like your noise is waking them up, having a real tough time, the kid's under six months, do you mind keeping it down for a bit? I understand. And if you're going to have a big party on Friday, let me know and maybe I can stay in a hotel. But we're isolating people in the community and relying on external forces to fix those things. Like you say, yeah. I should be able to go and say hi, but we don't. People just ring the cops now. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying where like most of my job is going around teaching people how to be adults. 
So individual responsibility. I think most people just need to ask themselves the question, what is the problem or what is the threshold that you're willing to hand over problems to someone else to solve? And that threshold is currently way too low for people. Yeah, and that's when people will happily complain, oh, there's too much government intervention in my life. Hold on, you're not willing to go next door and ask your neighbour of 15 years to keep his music down. Like people need to have this reflection and self-responsibility as opposed to this entitlement lever, lever that we try and pull. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you have a look at the real-world implications of increasing the, or lowering that threshold that increases the workforce, like Chris has said beforehand. Mm-hmm. We were having this conversation the other day. The police exodus rates from the current Vic poll, you know, all these, all these follow-on mm, effects yeah. that are going on at the moment, and it's not simply because of mandates and all this, but it's, it's mm. from the way in which we're conditioning society to lower that threshold and look to external elements and factors to come in and solve those problems. But if you look at the way we are a little bit more authoritarian around the world in various areas, it was COVID, but now it might be food or whatever, it requires that what we're describing, it requires a more of a centralised police presence to enforce things that are not popular. But again, I think it's that threshold, what is required to be enforced, you know, that micro stuff, that, the good old, we've lost that community connection and having that community support and keep that accountability at that human, at that lowest level. Mm. Instead, we're looking to be these independent, isolated individuals within society that can't do their own negotiations, their own problem, resolu- problem resolution or problem solving. Mm. And we're trying to bring government resources in to do that. I agree with it at a higher threshold, but not at everyday society level. What do you think of peer pressure? I mean, don't jump off your bridge if the other mates do that. What, what was Can it ever you? be good? Can peer pressure ever be good? Uh, We're going to watch a video on it, but I'm just wondering. Absolutely. So I talk about this readily about the culture within the military. Um, so much of this, there is this innate peer pressure where it actually happens in a positive level. It keeps you accountable in your everyday life. And it's not do this. It's like, oh, mate, you're looking like you've uh, had a few too many donuts. The next thing you're like, oh, dear, I better go join in the boys' PT in the morning. There are all these things that actually keep you accountable at that level as opposed to come on, mate, have another one or go and do that. I think too many people immediately flip to the negative aspects of it. But peer Community pressure, well. peer accountability, if we're not doing it at our level, then it comes from somewhere external, doesn't it? So you think peer pressure is always there? Just to make sure it's a good influence. Peer pressure is always going to be there. There's always that comparison that people are going to have. And as soon as someone draws a comparison and makes it vocal, that's already going to have a peer pressure impact on people. Like, for example, today, I went to go and get something for breakfast and Heston told me I wasn't allowed to have sugar. A chocolate bar. So I was a going chocolate, to have a chocolate bar, bar for breakfast. breakfast. It must well, just like that. He's got to refill the glycogen. Leave him alone. That's, hey. why, that's why my guts below <laughs> the table. <laughs> I put it to you. That um, peer pressure is pretty much how we all operate. Let's watch this. This is a a social experiment of how we humans just do not even what we're told, just what we see. We set up a hidden camera experiment to see if this woman would stand up at the sound of this tone simply because everyone else is. You might be thinking you'd never go along with this. Or would you? After just three beeps, and without knowing why she's doing it, this woman is now conforming perfectly to the group. But what happens if we take the group away? Okay, now she's alone, the crowd is gone, and nobody is watching her, except our hidden cameras. What do you think she'll do? She's now conforming to the rules of the group without them even being there. Now, watch what happens when we introduce another outsider who doesn't know the rules. 
have a seat and they'll be out in just a couple minutes. Great, thanks. thanks so much. Think she'll teach the new guy what to do? We kept the cameras rolling as more unsuspecting patients arrived. And slowly but surely, what began as a random rule for this woman has now become the social norm for everyone in this waiting room. <laughs> it goes on, they, they remove her, and you actually end up with just third, second, third order, you know, mm -hmm. um, generations of people who never saw the original rule and they're just doing the rule. And that's how you make culture, right? Oh, I don't know if I draw that. <laughs> that's a very. Thin bow to hey, draw. This is this is um, confirmed by a lot Long of bow to draw. Thin thread to pull. Sorry, you can mix mm. metaphors. Uh, this is uh, confirmed through other psychological studies as well. Our monkey-like behaviour. This For is sure. not surprising. For sure. But when you depends which monkeys you pick for the study. I mean, come on. If someone is actually sitting there and observing their surroundings and doing their own simple problem-solving analysis going, look, there's literally no reason. Like, most of us here would not be sitting there going, there's literally no reason for us to stand up. No, but you guys are quite strong, independent thinkers. Look at yourself. So are you. Would you stand Perhaps. up if you heard a beep? You're never going to stand up when you hear a beep now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, but there's people like the Asian girl or like my wife who are going to be more, what do you call it, socially compliant. Hmm. Yeah, herd mentality. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Exactly what we saw with the mask, and the that's what the current philosophy. Anyway, it, it also well, depends on the person. Like if you're if you're looking for flaws in something, like I'm, I mean, I've come from military and then police, but I was always looking for why am I doing this? Like I always needed a reason why I would do something. Not first. a good career for you then. No, well, I'm not in there anymore, am I? Yeah. I never got places. over two stripes in any job I had. <laughs> bring this back to our prehistoric lives. It's part of we call it herd mentality because society you want to. From a, a basic human level, you want to fit in. Mm -hmm. We taught that from an early age. For survival, though. Exactly. Because if you stand out in the herd, mm -hmm. you are more than likely to be targeted. Mm -hmm. That is an innate... What's the word I'm looking for? Well, Behaviour, character trait. Biological. Yeah. Biological, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But through to the social aspect, you know, you don't want to be the random dude who goes to school in uniform when it's free dress day. But sometimes mm -hmm. it's good to be... Okay, so this happens in the military, like with, with the... Um, what was the massacre of... You know the famous one, the Americans? Me lie. They massacred the village. Yeah, me lie. You look at the kind of group think and the peer pressure and the slotting into a bad culture. Oh, again, I'd probably not prefer to transition from people standing up to a beep to the me lie massacre. <laughs> There's a lot of ground and analogies okay. in between all I right, prefer right. to touch on. We'll go, we'll go somewhere in the, in the middle, right? 
What about in Victoria here? We had reports of um, inspectors on the buses, busting the cops in saying, anything you do out, th- go and smash some heads. Anything you do out there will be justified force under the whatever act you act under. Mm. Crimes. I can't remember what it is. Yeah. Um, and then we saw some behavior by cops. Some cops were a bit, were a bit bad. And you've got to wonder whether the environment they're in had an element of, of um, you know, when you approve something by a social approval. But there's mm-hmm. also authority involved with that when someone's directly telling you as opposed to indirectly making your own decision. But he didn't say go and break the rules. He said anything you do to achieve the objectives, force will be justified by permission. command. He gave permission. He gave permission. And then within that permission now, the, the, the gates are off, the guards off, guardrails yeah, sure. are off. And then socially you can get into a bit of... But now you're drawing on people's... There's and also not bringing to that as well. Yeah, you've also got multiple issues with with this being that if a boss says you can go and do this with a really grey statement like that, and yeah. then you go out and do something, he goes, "Well, I didn't say you do that." Exactly. So That's what he'll like, say. So he's yeah. got he's got deniability from his yes. end. Whilst the guy on the bottom's like, "Well, the boss said oh, I could do it," and then and he's like, "Did he say in no. that many words you can go and do this?" No. And they're like, "Well, no, but it was sort of implied." And you're like, "Well, that's where the grey area comes in, where." Bosses get to fire up protesters and then sit there and pretend it's a footy game where you fire them up on the buses on the way in and you work up a whole bunch of young people on a bus to go out, get being told that they're going to get bashed by 400 people, so now it's 40 to 1, so they're all scared anyway. And, and then, then a couple of the protesters do that, yeah. and then and then you got your permission, then yeah. it's on. And then that's why you spread, that's why you shoot them in the back, that's all the things that happen. So, yeah, and then you've got like, so people, you know, and then there's other, there's people throwing water balloons with urine on them, mm. and there's people throwing firecrackers, and there's all this happening mm. over one side, mm. and then that's going through the whole chain of like, oh, they're doing this over there, be very be very careful, this is happening. And now you've got peaceful processes over here, but all you need is one person in there to then turn around and do something. Yeah. So now all these people that are young, just got out of the academy, who aren't even allowed to be sworn at whilst they're at the academy, who only need to get to 5-1 on the beep test and identify a push-up, are now going in to these people who have lost wives, husbands, kids, mm. their house, their job, who all think, you're in that uniform, it's your fault that this has been done. And that person's like, I got out of the academy three days ago. I don't even know what's been going on. I haven't even seen the pandemic. You're showing way too much sympathy for protesters as a police, as a cert and port officer. <laughs> they would be so disappointed in you. You're humanising them. What is going on down in Victoria throwing... What did you say? Water balloons of urine and stuff? Yeah, like they've they done it for years. This is... Oh, yeah. This, it's, it's, it's cool. Great. It's like the Meal Massacre. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah, I've yeah, been yeah, attending the wrong parties, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you want to have urine thrown at you? Not personally. <laughs> hey, listen, maybe we should be more compassionate about the police. Let's talk about it. Let's feel sorry for the police, I think. Let's take a walk down memory lane, gentlemen. Uh, remember when our poor, poor police were persecuted just for trying to keep us safe? The officer, remarkably calm, asking a woman why she was unmasked. The only thing that matters to you is filming me. Yeah, because you're... passing on. Yeah, because... That is that's quite sad. Some people are just being belligerent. And frustrating for frontline officers who have spent thousands of hours enforcing lockdowns, manning the borders, all to protect the community. Madam, I think it's very, very sad that you feel you need to do this and someone please officer. I just really It's unclear if failing to provide a medical exemption is against the directive of the Chief Health Officer. Nonetheless, police say they will continue to use communication and compassion above compliance. Now, that was Queensland. Yeah. But no state was as good at demonstrating compassion above compliance as Victoria.
Do you feel like we should be more compassionate towards police? Well, I mean... I suppose that was a highly selective clip I showed you. Yeah, yeah, obviously. You didn't show any of the, the parts where the, the coppers had, you know, still six months later, suffering from concussion and can't speak properly and that sort of thing. But that's all right. I mean, we could get juice. Or to Brook. The horse. Oh. The, to <laughs> Brook. Like, Do you I, thought, I thought you were trying to bring it to Brook for Hessen. He's like, he wasn't there either. <laughs> <laughs> Look at your posture. Is this a military thing? I am I'm so sitting back and smiling and waving at these <laughs> Melbourne issues. It's so good. How do you do that? No, but, all right, so at no point, and I've already spoken to a few people from that office about that sort of stuff, and I was like, oh, I don't care what your boss has told you. If this goes to court down the track in three years' time or however long it takes for us to get there because we've still got to get through all Dan's issues, but then the court will be pretty busy with him. And then after that, when we look into Victoria Police, it'll be like, who ordered people to start using this? Because under your use of force, it's not disproportionate to the objective. What was their objective? To move everyone on. Do they need to shoot rubber bullets at people? They would have to justify that. I personally can't justify it. I also find that if you were to sit there with a loud siren on, people would probably leave as well because it's annoying. Um, I know people complained about people going to the shrine, for example. I was like, well, if you chase people to the shrine, and then people stay there because they go, this is a place where no one's going to touch us because it's the shrine. We're not going to sit there and do it. And then all of a sudden you start getting shot at <coughs> the shrine. Then, you know, like you've channeled them there and now you've upset that they're there and now you're going to take it out on them like well, that. Well, this is an interesting argument because there were accusations that some of the protesters was urinating on the yep. shrine. Assume, I don't know if that's true or not. Assume that's true for a second, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got bad behaviour by protesters at the shrine. You've also got police shooting up the shrine. Not mm -hmm. cool. But it's like... Half the people are going to come down, or most people are going to come down on the side of the police and say, well, they had to. Based off, based off what, though? The mainstream, well, the protesters were painted as just psychos. Yeah. And so, but, okay, so the, the, mums at home are a like, A lot of the well, issue here is, A, adults being adults. Every other protest we have, police will go and speak to the protester organiser. They're like, what do you want to achieve? Where do you want to go? We used to, when I was at Port and we weren't shooting at unarmed people, we used to speak to the protesters and you would block off the roads and walk with them side by side so that they would get to where they wanted to go. They That's would nice. then agree to then stay what they wanted to say and then they would move on so the rest of Melbourne wouldn't get tied up with people doing stuff. And then obviously yeah. protesters do weird stuff like glue themselves to the ground to be more annoying or whatever else. If you channel people for and look to the shrine and then hold them there for hours, on the one side... Where do you expect people to go to the bathroom? Yeah, okay. On the other side, right. are people drunken idiots yeah. and also doing it? Yeah. I would suggest there are probably people on both sides. Yeah. But again, without speaking to people... like so if what, were, what if, happened? Why? Why did this happen then? Well, because that's obviously out of control. Yeah. So whoever the boss is has lost control of that situation. Uh, Once people are now running through that... You can't tell me random people running through a park, chasing random people. And I guarantee you most of those people went, what's my job now? It's to disperse a crowd. Right, CERT aren't qualified in public order response, oh. right? So they're using CERT to do a different job. That'd be like sending somebody from the Richmond divisional van to lead a search and rescue thing. CERT and port differences. Yeah. So what's the difference? So public order response team is port. So that's their job. Their bread and butter is to go to protests or house parties or whatever it is where there's large crowds. Their job is to disperse the crowd, make it disappear, which makes the problem go away generally. Whereas critical incident response team is... People who are having drug psychosis or mental health issues or violent armed offenders. So their job is to deal with your top tier job. Well, your very top is SOG. And then under that is CERT. So SOG are the guys in like army uniform getting out of a Yeah, they're in cruiser. Ranger Green now. They were in black before. What are they, what's their job? Like serious terrorism stuff? Yeah, so like most of you, yeah, they do terrorism stuff, but they do like your firearms jobs. Like where a person's likely to use a firearm against 
police and stuff, oh, they'll then, they'll, yeah, then they'll deal with it. Okay. If it, if you've got a farmer who's threatening suicide and he's got his, he has a firearm but he's not likely to use it against police, but he might use it against himself, then you may send cert, depending on his, depending on his history. So, so like, not for cert is not used for crowds, like, like the kettling and everything that I mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Is so porch. It's not, that's a poor job. Yeah, that's a poor job. Yeah. So, Although you said when you were there, you weren't doing kettling. That's not a... No, so we were, we were just trying to disrupt crowds. But see, when when the government comes in and makes some new law that hasn't been tested and, and don't, they don't know what it's going to look like on the ground, that's when you get stuff like kettling where you get... And I've spoken to protesters as well as the police, and the protesters were saying, we got kept in a little group of things for four hours with no food and water, and they're all corralled against each other, so they're all overheating and stuff. And yeah. it's like, well, for starters, you're trying to... You're wanting people to be 1.5 metres from each other, and now you've made people be within four. You know, there's 400 people all wrapped into a little area on their own. So you've made a super spreader event, which then couples up with the police that have all come from regions. So like if there was ever a super spreader yeah. event, it'll be a protest. This is it. We're looking at all these different little symptoms. I mean, Chris is one of the first people to say to me, these protests, these situations, they're all arising from policies developed in Parliament that haven't, in my opinion, been thought thought all the way through, and then it's the guys and ladies on the front lines who have to then go in and enforce these things. Sometimes people are confused by the regulations mandates. Don't get me started on why there are lockdowns and you had lockdowns in Victoria. Professional politicians making these statements and then law and order being those have to enforce them when people themselves are the ones confused. If you are responsible for making that policy, you should be lining up there actually in between the two crowds moderating the two because that's your job as an elected politician oh, calm them down yeah absolutely and particularly having forming two lines protesters and police there has to be negotiation in between otherwise you're simply having two lines facing off and there's going to be a point where there is a spike that something happens if there's not active de-escalation yes but okay this happened with the cfmeu do you see those riots here i did yeah so setco comes down talks briefly goes says i'll go back inside and i'll come back and talk to you Afterwards, mm-hmm. but instead he goes on to 3OW and calls them all Nazis and whatever, right? Yeah. And then, of course, they start throwing bottles then. So, in the army, we call that a self correcting fault. What does that mean? <laughs> a self correcting fault. That means when you've done something and it automatically is going to correct itself, either by yourself or by the actions of others that you have caused. So, in this case, how would you apply that to what happened with the bottles? Well, he brought that upon himself, didn't he? Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> now, but, but then th- this is happening with the elite, whether it be SEC or anyone in position of power, Liberal, SCOMO, which we're about to talk about in a minute. Yeah. Anyone who sits in a power position is lately, I feel like they don't go into what you said, which is go and stand and mediate between the people. Well, let's have a look at the moment. I'm sorry, but here in Victoria, you currently have the current Premier and even the leader of the opposition being measured on how they are performing in press conferences. That's right. Can, can the current Premier walk down the street and talk to people and talk to his electorate? No. no. But he is wheeling and dealing and administering his government and his people through press conferences. Mm-hmm. That is not what elected members are meant to do. You're actually meant to engage with the people and have conversations with the people. We're in this perpetuating bubble of unqualified and agenda-driven media linking in with professionally qualified politicians who require the media for affirmation and the media require politicians for um, relevance. There are the people inside and around all of this that's going on, and they're the people starting to tune out, and they're the people who the decisions being made here are losing more and more relevance to how they're actually impacting people on the ground. And you're having government policies coming out, it's like, great, let's give free train and bus tickets to healthcare workers. It's like, how about you actually help to reduce their workload by your stupid policies that are making people more stressed and causing more issues at home, increasing these workloads for them at the other end, not helping them to get there to deal with the workload that's building. I don't understand why there is not 
deliberate and detailed and emotionally intelligent planning going into these policies as opposed to these patch fix band-aids. Because patch fix band-aids sell news cycles. This is true and it's clickbait and this is this whole perpetuating game of media and politics at the moment. And I'll bring another thing. When I was, <clears throat> I was at the station and people would ring me and they say, can I go and do this? And I'd be like, give me a second mate, Dan's on the TV, I'll tell you in 30 minutes. Yeah. Because you wouldn't know. So they'd be ringing up at 10 o'clock and I'd be like, Dan's about to say something, so it might be different. Ring me back in 30 Don't minutes. Don't call the cop. Call the AFL. They know what's going on. Yeah. Three days <laughs> yeah. behind. Yeah. If, you see, if you see all the teams leaving on the weekend, I'd suggest that. <laughs> ah, sad but true. Yeah. I mean, I was in Queensland. We had a, a lockdown for three people in Brisbane. A lockdown for three people. Three cases, yeah. Three cases. And then all of a sudden, leading, more than us. Yeah, leading up to the... Um, was it been the state of origin or was it the grand final? Whatever we had up there at the uh, Suncorp, there's 16 cases, 32 cases, 100 cases. Oh, no one's getting locked down. Nothing's happening. 40 is over. Okay, we need to uh, start restricting our movement. We need to bring masks back. You see, we're so transparent. What's happening now? Cases are out of control. Death rates are out of control now per million. We're way exceeding India, and they are way less vaxxed. Anyway, there's something bad going on in Australia, but nobody cares. <laughs> hey, let's talk about ScoMo. The world. I've been saying it for 18 months. The world's biggest liar. If there was an expectation on the the part of the Australian public that you were in charge of everything. Why didn't you tell the Australian public? Well, again, these were emergency, effectively, reserve powers. Um, I think there was a great risk that in the midst of that crisis, um, those powers could be misinterpreted and misunderstood, which would have caused unnecessary angst in the middle of a pandemic and could have impacted on the day-to-day -day functioning of the government. No, that's not what I said. I said there was a possibility of this being misinterpreted. And, frankly, the events of the last few days, I think, have highlighted how these things can be misinterpreted. Now it comes to it. I don't feel like parting with it. It's mine. I found it. It came to me. Who's managed to get angry? Well, if I'm angry, it's your fault. It's mine. My own. My precious. I was concerned that these issues could have been misconstrued and misunderstood and undermine the confidence of ministers um, in the performance of their duties at that time. And I did not consider that to be in the country's interest. No, no. To tell them. No, it looks like you didn't have the courage to tell them, Mr Morris. I did what I thought was necessary. Isn't that, isn't that all done? Because if I needed to use the powers, then I would have disclosed them with the minister. You should leave the ring behind, Is that so hard? Well, no. And yes. There were many issues that arose over that period of time where, if I would wished to, I could have exercised the authorities given to me in their portfolios. But I did not do that. I respected the additional authorities that were granted, and that is proved by the fact that I exercised them not at all, except in the one case in relation to resources. It's been called that before, but not by you. Ah, business isn't of yours when I do with my own things. I think you've had that ring quite long enough. Do you want it for yourself? So, <laughs> I got some issues with that comparison there, Matt. I want to know if Bilbo Baggins consented to being compared to Scott Morrison. Oh, man. That is the lowest 
ball I've ever seen pitched in any form of comparison. <laughs> I don't know who you're just standing up for. Are you having a go at me for what I did, or are you, having a, are you backing me up? You're like just being a contributor. No, it's <laughs> Bilbo being compared to Scott Morrison. I don't know. How does Bilbo feel about being compared to Scott Morrison? Okay, I want to know sure if any hobbits go. were injured in that filming. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, real news ScoMo is found to have granted himself lots and lots of powers. Here's secretly, my, secretly. Here's my surprise face. I first broke into the media scene doing a press conference in the Senate courtyard in Canberra, December 2020, mm. when we revealed that Prime Minister Scott Morrison had gone and changed the letters patent for the meritorious unit citation awarded to all members of the Special Operations Task Group and had the Queen, through the Governor-General, sign off, whereas previously you could only remove the award from an individual. And prior to six months before the release of the Burton Report, where that was one of the recommendations, the Burton Report that was conducted at arm's length from every form of government and defence, he went and consulted directly with the Governor-General, the current Governor-General, and the Queen to have the letters paint and change so it could be removed from an entire unit. This is when they're removed from your unit? Yes. And he made the powers to do that six months before the report was even released and then tried to say that was just part of a normal administrative process. Unfortunately, not enough media picked up and ran with it. So when people say, oh, are you surprised that he's done this? I'm like, no. it's already happened before, literally, to the Governor-General, to the same way. Because that's the accusation now, that it's just him and the Governor-General granting the powers. Okay. Absolutely. So, and of course, this was because of accusations aired on the ABC that your unit did war crimes, and then the Burton... Well, this was the, the Burton report was uh, commissioned um, by the still who shouldn't be, current chief of the Defence Force, years ago to investigate allegations yeah. of war crimes by Australian Special Forces. Now, yeah, the, but the ABC said your unit did it. They, that was something specifically different. So the ABC oh, came out and okay. had their Marine heard a pop story that's since been proven wrong, but they yes. still won't apologise, but we'll have more on that soon. Oh, um, <laughs> I thought they apologised to... They the, sent me a private email saying, oh, there was an error in the editorial process where we yeah. should not have identified you and your platoon by name. But that's hashtag not good enough, and there will be more. They haven't published. That's private. They refuse to publicly apologise. They've defamed your unit of doing some of the most heinous acts a unit could do: war crimes. Let's hold on to that. Yeah, and revisit well, that in that. two weeks. <laughs> All right. So, um, as an aside, though, you must know that I have. Um, I need a, re a right of reply for you. I need you to reply to oh. what's his name, David McBride, who was the whistleblower mm. for the ABC report on your unit. I think, well, for war crimes. I don't know if it's your unit. The yeah, false allegations of that for unit. But David McBride, who he's coming in here with the father of Julian Assange. Oh, bam. Two weeks from now. Okay. So, so he, he, he thinks your unit's dodgy. Do you have any okay. reply? Silas, it's not my unit. So within the special operations, there are a number of units. And he has some specific whistleblowing allegations yes. that, as I've said from the start, these allegations have to go through and be investigated to the fullest. The issue was the Burton Report was an inquiry that was conducted under some very questionable terms that does not meet the rules of evidence and now there's even subsequently an investigation that came from that report. The government and the Chief of Defence Force pulled the trigger on an inquiry including the recommendation of unit removing the citations without any actual evidence that has gone to court and no one has even been charged. <coughs> so we are horse before the cart. We need to allow investigations and due process and the presumption of innocence to actually be first and foremost, particularly when we're talking about things to deal with alleged war crimes during counterinsurgency special operations. Like we could stand, stand here and sit here all day talking about these things or allow due process, our legal system, presumption of innocence, and then arrive at a point where people have been charged and then discuss it because there's just so much in it that we don't do justice to otherwise.
What if I take a low resolution view of it and just say, did you see your unit committing any war crimes? No, and okay, I mean, cool. I've been public about this a lot. I just haven't had the opportunity to ask you. All right, that's nice. Hey, yeah. um, look forward to meeting David McBride. So, ScoMo, uh, again, yes, all right, we're not surprised. There you go. Just wanted people to know that I wanted to show my cool clip. But hey, you know what? Um, <laughs> let me read to you federal papers. Do you know in the US when they're creating a nation, this is from 1788, Federalist Paper Number 51, 8th of February, 1788. Uh, they said, ambition must be made to counteract ambition. So this is this idea that nobody is uh, perfect and if we shouldn't be expecting perfection from government when it's full of imperfect, potentially corrupt people. And the only way to prevent that is to not kind of have a new regulatory oversight or a, what do you call it, an IBAC or an ICAC or federal ICAC, but it's in fact to design a system such where you have competing interests, where your selfish ambition counteracts their selfish ambition. Such was the separation of powers doctrine. That's what spirals out of control, like two lines being formed and ambition versus ambition. Whereas you don't like it? Where your culture actually come back to values where people have an intrinsic motivation to be accountable to you know, morals and ethics and those Based which... Based on what? Huh? Religion? What, how do you get someone with intrinsic motivation to well, do that? This is actually part of your own upbringing. So you automatically actually have a set of morals and values that you abide by. You know, whether we introduce those through religion or whatever, that's in your own upbringing and your own choice. But those values such as, you know, a fair go, Australians like to say, you know, respect for the freedom, dignity of the individual. We literally formed a political party based on these intrinsic values that are actually written on a statement that everyone coming into Australia has to sign and agree to. Mm. I mean... I just want to actually backpedal to Scott Morrison. Sure. I mean, he's come out defending this, saying that, um, you know, he's, what is it? I'm no longer involved in the day-to-day -day proceedings yeah. and day-to-day -day politics. <laughs> That's right. He's a sitting member. Yeah. The, he is currently the sitting member of Cook. Which he and, won by a huge margin. And his statement is, I am no longer involved to the day-to-day -day process of politics. And also, the first sitting of parliament that just occurred last month, he didn't attend. He mm. went on a speaking tour. Overseas. So, on it, people of Cook... Put this man's number on the screen, give him a call. Are you happy that you're being represented? This man They obviously is... are happy. They voted him hard. No, but this is post. This is after that. Yeah, he's okay. now well, come out he's, with this. He's been dodgy for a while. Yeah, okay. Write to Fine. your member and say, are you happy with he's not his liberal representation? This happened when Tony Abbott, and Tony Abbott, I find, is a good guy in terms of he's consistent in and out of politics, unlike some. You, you... No, no, no. Oh, I'm waiting you... to see where you're going with that. Oh. Um, but I find with most of them, say with Turnbull, uh, Gillard, um, you know, Gillard does some good stuff post politics. But I find that once they, what they call them, a lame duck politician, a lame duck PM, they lose the election. They're still the member. They sit there. They never show up. This is normal it's behavior. Weird. There's no accountability. Exactly. That's the whole thing. So this is the whole thing. So ambition versus ambition. Is that going to hold him accountable to his job? He has ambition going through the wazoo and he's just getting away with whatever the hell he wants. This is where you meant to have these set of moral standards and then ethics are meant to be those societal standards. He should be getting kicked out of the Liberal Party for not doing his job. That is where political parties are meant to actually hold their members accountable if they're able to circumvent the law and rules and regulations. I mean, this is the whole thing people like Chris and myself who have had service within the military don't understand that you wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to turn up and look ourselves in the mirror if we were conducting ourselves like that. You guys are rare. Yeah, but most it can be, like and it has been, and we have had politicians and politics having that. We had that as a society of shared values back in the day. Look at post-World War One, post-World War Two days, you know, the people we had in politics. They would be looking at it. John Howard would not be conducting himself like that. That's True. the sort of oldest lineage I have to refer to at the moment. We need to have a look at where the values of society have deviated to a point where we think this is acceptable and allow this individual 
to not hold himself accountable as opposed to looking to external means, again, you know, calling others to come in and resolve something that they should be resolved at the lowest level. So in other words, he should resign? He should, if he doesn't resign, he should be kicked out of the Liberal Party I and he can carry on as an independent. This also comes into, when you're army, you sign up to a different set of rules as well. So you have normal yeah. laws and yeah. then you have the army's rules yeah. as well. Yeah. So you've signed up to that. You've accepted that the people have given you more authority in certain areas than other yes. people. And that's come at a cost of you need to... Like, if I did the wrong thing and I was like three minutes late, I might have to sleep in a tent. Right. Like, just even like little things like being three minutes yeah. late is, comes up to different You had a things. charge system, the Defence Force Disciplinary Act. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, as a politician, you seem to be exempt from more rules, which then puts you outside the scope of the common person because you seem to have more protection than other people do. This which, happens with any elite position. We, when we have the banks of this world yeah. can get away with <clears throat> massive crimes and nothing ever happens. I'm with you. I think it is different in this regard because this person and these people are elected members. So you are volunteering to oh. be elected by others. So, yeah. for example... This guy's job is to actually serve his constituents, but his attitude and actions as him being served as the leader. Within the military, again, we have this Defence Force Disciplinary Act where you are held to a higher account and you volunteer to be held by that higher account. He volunteered to stand for election. One of our first workforce policies with the Australian Values Party was people will sign up to a Parliamentary um, Accountability Act or a Parliamentary Behaviour Act, whereby, you know, we wanted to bring in random breathalyzer testing because there are people going into parliament i saw it in canberra yeah sloshed man too drunk mm. to drive but can go there in there and vote on legislation that becomes laws in our country that is how backwards we have it and until the people step up and demand these of our elected representatives it's not going to happen i had a guy on the other day in long form in the other studio talking about how he's in canberra a lot and he's, he's a, like a lobbyist mm-hmm. from the citizens party if you've heard of him from up real way brisbane Oh yeah. Wait, what's this? No, 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 no. The last time I was at a bar- uh, last time I ran into the citizens' party, we were at a public forum during the build-up to the uh, uh, election in Brisbane, and um, Drew Pavlo from his party had a. There was there's some bad blood there between the citizens' party, and it turned from a public forum into a public debate with people up on tables and I was I I needed popcorn it was amazing (laughs) they all formed in 88 and did you know that their first member elected to the parliament defected immediately so this well there's a large funding stream from China and all these things that were thrown out as accusations on the table which I learned very quickly you know the intricate backlog of what's been going on with these minor parties and so anyway he had interesting tales to tell me about what he sees in parliament and the way laws are passed extremely quickly like the bailing laws and so on Mm -hmm. so Australia's not aware how quickly these things are pushed through in Canberra, often with the sitting members not having uh, read it. Mm. He's seen bills pushed through when there are hardly anyone in the chamber. Well, I don't know. This was my whole narrative leading into the last federal election. I spent plenty of time down there lobbying for the Royal Commission into Defence and Veterans Suicide, where I literally walked from door to door carrying the motion that got passed unanimously through the Senate and then the lower house, and literally whipping or lobbying people to vote on it. And uh, you got to see people who, their staff are the ones reading these bills mm. and making and advising those decisions. You have members literally sitting on seats not reading these bills because... What are they doing? They're busy on the phone? What? They're looking at the next media interview. They're looking at their social media. They're focusing on public oh. opinion and perception because we have lost that accountability where the people are choosing to elect people that actually have lived experience and are in some form at least morally qualified to hold that position as opposed to it being a popularity contest that has simply become red team versus blue team. 
And they're spending more time managing PR than reading the bills or whatever. Absolutely. And even have a look at the behaviour incidents that are kicked up in Parliament. Because each parliamentarian senator is actually a a small team leader, a small team manager. Some of them have never even managed their own lives, alone someone else's. And the staff aren't accountable accountable to them. The staff, I think, what they're responsible to the Treasury or the, the Cabinet, whoever actually employs them, they're not actually accountable to their people. There's no management, there's no mentoring, there's no progression of these staff. It's churn and burn. They're in there drinking in their offices. They're in there getting up to all sorts of shenanigans and inappropriate behaviour in the highest law of the land, whereas half of that behaviour that I saw would not be allowed in any modern workplace per the actual legal rules and regulations that we actually hold our business owners and our corporates to. Well, this is the Grace Tame thing, right? Blowing the lid on the crap that happens in Parliament. Yes. Yeah. We just have to be very careful about speaking about that. Okay. But so, for example, with people saying that government has to pay back money after the ombudsman says, you, oh. you pinch that money, you've got to pay it back. If I was to go and do a warrant on a house and there was 130 grand sitting on the table and I just yoinked it and then got busted five years down the track and mm. then they were like, mate, you took 130, I'd be going to jail. I wouldn't be like, what about if I was to give it back now? Is that no longer a... Still go to jail. Yeah. Yeah, but you're not the elite, see? That's my point. <laughs> it's like normal people actually laws apply to, but not to the elite. Hey, uh, let's take a nice tour down another memory lane. Um, how the mighty have fallen. I'd like to make fun of Ali Langdon for a moment. Science changes all the time. We hear this all the time. It's true, right? And this is why we can't be too proud on whatever science says is right now. We need to be open and listening to, hey, let's, let's improve what we understand scientifically. And that's a problem because the elite seem to just preach at us all the time. It's about choice. If you want a mask, that's up to do you. The elderly, can I just ask you, Lizzie, do the elderly in aged care to. homes, do the elderly in aged care homes, now 700 of them affected with COVID, do they have a choice? The answer is but no. is it COVID? You know, is it COVID? How do you know it's COVID? Why is it that everybody that is dying this year diagnosed. in 2020 What was your medical degree again? Death? Sorry? I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist, but I worked as a medic. You deliberately went into that place to antagonise workers who are literally just trying to do their bit for the country right no, now, trying to protect no, other people no, from passing on this killer virus, which not. is what it is. Um, you, you have and espouse no. all these weird, wacko beliefs, and unfortunately there are people out there who are going to believe you and who are going okay. to side with you, and that's just irresponsible in the current climate. It's just irresponsible. You know okay. what, I can't so even my, listen to you anymore. Can I'm I just so sorry. put it to you, Carl? I can't even listen to you. I, can, I can't put it to you. You can't listen to me. Nah. That my, I have a medical exemption. Nah. it's... It's wrong. She just said, why is every death labelled as a COVID death? That's one of those wild, wacko beliefs that Carl was talking about. Now, at the time, people may have thought that since it's turned out, all of you know, Health Ministry of New South Wales were all saying, oh, crap. He accidentally counted with and from and confused him a little bit. Uh, so, you know, we got that a bit wrong. But when you stand up and moralise like that, gee, you look stupid now, don't you, Ali? I used to have a crush on you. That about. is hard to watch. Oh, that what? is people using their pedestal to bully someone and then cut them off like because they own the microphone that's ridiculous like would they be having that conversation face to face to that person without the courage of cameras and microphones that is the behavior that adds absolutely despicable we're talking about beforehand you know politicians and media behaving in ways that would not survive the pub test if there weren't cameras and crews around to to protect them did you understand i would agree with you but do you understand their frame their perspective uh carl and ali Mm. 
they this is early in the piece this is i'm not focusing on the content no, like no. the behavior traits to me that's despicable no, but is there ever a position a, a time a circumstance where that behavior would be allowable because they felt that she was causing damage and danger and she was wacko and so they felt to treat her like that was justified are you saying it's never justified even you make that statement you know you make your point you don't carry on and cut someone off and use the campus like this isn't a one-to-one -one conversation this is two people sitting in a studio with their prepared notes having a crack at her mm. and they're not even letting her finish the response to him like that's not public debate you know if you want to don't have her on that segment and say hey there is someone saying these things like what is the what is the outcome what is the purpose that was them looking superior and getting wins on the board and feeling mighty using their position. If the purpose is which media is supposed to be to educate and inform and support society, they miss that mark. Yeah. They demonstrated behavior traits that I don't want my kids, if I ever have them, to watch and see bullying and using your position of authority to look down on others. Well, there's, there's more to come. I, I, I look at it. If you are doing an interview with someone who's done the wrong thing, you let them speak. The more they speak, the more trouble they get themselves into. Mm. That's exactly what I do on my show, yeah. It, but that's yeah. the idea behind it. I tried to do it with you, both of you. He's a negotiator. <laughs> done this before. I tried to do it with both of you, and you both came out smelling roses, so that, well done. <laughs> but, that's, but that's the thing. If Thank you go you. in there and you're like, somebody's done something terrible. Like, so, for example, I had a stalker that I ended up putting away for six months because he represented himself. He was an idiot. But, um, <laughs> but he was... Um, Pretty sure that's I'm allowed to say that. Anyway, um, so T, that's the legal um, <laughs> that's the legal term. <laughs> but um, but so he would go in and he'd, he'd be talking and it was hard to justify. He was like he would walk past her house all the time and then he would leave food on her front fence and that sort of stuff. But it was hard to put it all together because part of stalking is what's your intent behind it. Mm. And then after speaking to him for a while, you let him talk and then he was like, oh, because we were dating. She'd never met this man before. And for six months he was doing this. And then it wasn't until she got a ring camera that we could bust him. So nice. your, more ring cameras you're rolling out. Amazon, call me. Didn't declare that bias earlier, did you? But um, you know, but then so she got a camera and then oh, you could actually bust him for it. But it wasn't until you got the intent, which yeah. was letting him speak about it. If he just said no comment, probably would have been fine. All the crooks now are like, I'm just gonna no comment. But the thing is if you let them speak they will then say something. So if you're Even not enough if, rope to yeah. hang themselves. Yeah. So it's like the enough rope principle. If you're a journalist and you want somebody to hang themselves, let them go. Yeah, that's not journalism. That's the problem. Look, yeah. Ali really likes simple thinking because this is um, the new journalism. They, she actually reached for the oldest failure of thinking in the book, appeal to authority. Well, he's, quote, a dangerous fool and a threat to the COVID response of the nation. Those are just some of the scathing reviews of federal member for Hughes, Craig Kelly, over his unfounded and inaccurate comments on the coronavirus. Did you catch that? Unfounded and inaccurate. That's from Dr. Ali Langdon. Oh, hang on. She's not a doctor. She's a TV presenter. Sorry. Host of a thing called The Today Show. So she's obviously an authority on immunology. That's not true, Craig. I mean, I spent time online mm. last night and yes. have managed to debunk every one of your theories. They're not peer-reviewed. They're not peer-reviewed. I, I, I don't, don't even want to theories. get into this because, well, I mean, you, you're the only person saying this. We've got no, to listen to our that's doctors incorrect. and our scientists. <clears throat> don't yes, you exactly need to doing. pull your head in? Right. Well, yes. Who do you think you are, Mr Kelly? An elected member of parliament quoting valid scientists and research or something? This is Professor Alison Langdon you're speaking with here, and she doesn't want to get into the details. You've got to listen to the science. You've got to listen to Are our you most a scientist? Are you a scientist, Craig? I'm no, not. I am I'm not. I have, I have just quoted the senior immunologist in this country. 
the most highest credentialed immunologist in this country. Now, are you saying that he's wrong? I'm saying the chief no, medical no officer, signal. every well, global saying, medical saying, body in the world no, has rejected the use of those I'm two sorry, that drugs. is incorrect. All our hopes are riding on a vaccine. Yes. You need to be quiet. Well, if you don't want to listen to our most senior qualified I am listening to them country. and I think well, you need well, to not. start listening you to just, our scientists you just said, you and just our said, doctors. Well, our, most, our scientist is our most senior qualified immunologist in this country, okay, Professor Craig. Robert Clancy, and you are not listening to him. I'm sorry. No worries, Craig. You're in a position of responsibility and I think you're failing in that and duty. And I'll continue to speak the truth and tell the truth. And It'd be nice if, wanna, if you started. If the that media want to misrepresent my position, I'm going to come on and I'm going to defend it because I will not have slander and smear and said against me when the facts are incorrect. Okay, Craig. The immunologist Robert Clancy is an emeritus professor. Oh, so we like just saw her do the same thing watching twice. Watching a car crash. Yeah. Oh, you know that's, a fan. If I was watching TV, that's the stuff I'd change the channel. It's too much to watch. <laughs> Unless you have popcorn, of course. Needless to say, my crush is no longer there. It's nothing to do with the fact that I'm married. That what kind of behaviour. What is going on in her life that she's so angry? What is it? You need to be quiet. That mm. is just As an interviewer. rude and belligerent. You are in a position of responsibility. Well, so are you in the media. Mm. Oh, I've got to be careful good. what I say here. <laughs> that stuff have you is not really, seen that before? That stuff has really grind my gears. I have, but oh. I've never put it in the context of looking back to back and actually digging into watching those character traits. Like there is, there is abuse of power, there is abuse of responsibility, there are personal attacks, there is, I got on Google last night. Mm. Like, are you serious? There is some stuff I found on Google, I'm not gonna go and reference on yeah. national television. She will. But you know, this is the danger of having an opinion and defending your opinion to the death as opposed to actually having robust conversation. And that is my whole thing is like, what is the responsibility of the media? Is it to push an agenda, to educate the people or to get on there and score points from personal attacks? She went in there looking for a fight, not to have a discussion. Can we do a, a piece briefly? You know, you, when I interview you, you talk about character. A lot. Mm. What do you see um, when you see people like that? Because I know people like that, you know, not just Ali, but many people who seem to be a little bit angry or snarky. And I often wonder, I think, what is it? Like, are you angry? Like, why, why are they like that? Anger comes from fear. Anger, Do you see fear in her response? Because she looks strong with the image she, she's trying to purvey. The fear doesn't have to be physical fear. She is looking to assert her position and establish herself and assert her authority. She is enjoying using her position to assert her authority over someone else who is authoritative. She is trying to come out ahead of that person. She's looking like most journalists to make her name, to make her impact, oh. to have other people talk about, did you see the way I grilled Craig Kelly? So when you see, when we see people behaving like that, we should think that they're acting from a position of weakness. I'm trying to get my head straight here. Not from a position of weakness. I think it's a bit much to jump to weakness or whatever. I yeah. sit there and go like, what is going on? Because the, how people say what they say, Chris will tell you more, this is his buddy negotiator training 101, but how people are saying what they're saying tells so much more than sometimes the content coming out of their mouth. Right. She is going in there with the purpose to show herself to be more authoritative than him. And most journalists do this though. When someone point. leads going, I got on Google last night, blah, 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 and none of your stuff is fact-checked. And then her next explanation is, well, I'm not a scientist, no, but you're a Google expert. Yes, like you yes. just contradicted yourself in the same statement. She's moving so fast, she's not even actually appreciating that she's digging her own hole 
but as long as she looks good and feels authority of doing it, that is a win from her. And when that is her agenda, yeah. to have that win based on personal attacks and degrading someone else, then that is the biggest issue there, not actually the content coming out of her mouth, okay. in my opinion. I think that pairs up a bit, though, with the, the way the mainstream media is, is, like, is basically designed to be. Like, you've got a 30-minute window, and you've got eight stories to get through. You know, like, we've been here for an hour talking about mm. stuff. And it's like, if you're like, what do you mean when you say that? You can then clarify it. And that way you can get that person's actual point of view. Whereas on there, they're like, the producer's like, you've got to wrap this up, get some real banter on it, and we'll cut him off and it'll look really good. Well, this is it. And it's the, like, it's, it's, it's not actual journalism. It's, show, it's entertainment. This is it. This is, this is paid mainstream media. So the output from that was her to put a feather in her cap for her position and prowess and whatever else. But also the next time then, like we'll get around of how, you know, she belittled Craig Kelly and carried on. Then the next time that people hear that she's going to interview someone on that show, people might tune in. Like her job is to get that attention, to bring mm -hmm. people in, to get the viewers. It's smart. It's good tactics. But is this the example we want people to have when we're looking to have conversations about shaping morals and ethical standards and individual accountability when that is the public demonstration on mainstream television that some kid at home is watching this yeah, lady bash an elected member of parliament from her pedestal there in a news, uh, newsroom? I've got two daughters and that's the type of behavior I see often in the media that I really don't want them to model. That's disgusting. That's exactly. not, I would not be proud of my daughter acting no. like that. <clears throat> this is not respect. There is, we're losing this, this, people talk about entitlement and everything else, respect. Treat others the way you want to be treated. I, I didn't realize we'd been going for so long. Let's push through quickly. Uh, so <clears throat> let me just say, Simon. There's a big, there's a big clock there. <laughs> yeah, I was so enthralled by your good looks, gentlemen. I, I got distracted. Probably about so three Carl, feet wide, sorry. Matt's new here. What? I'm new here. <laughs> yeah. You're turning your voice. Carl Sagan, right? Carl Sagan is an astronomer, planetary scientist, cosmologist, astrophysicist, astrobiologist, author, and writer. Very famous. He said this about science and why we should not be doing what Ali just did. He said, one of the great commandments of science is mistrust arguments from authority because they are a logical fallacy. Too many such arguments from authority have proved too painfully wrong. Authorities must prove their contentions like everyone else. Science is only factual until something's found to change, isn't it? It's like the old maths rules, like this is a rule for everything, except for this exception. Yeah. But that's not, yeah. I just okay. think the bit of humility would be nice from yeah. people like that. It's also, it's also peer reviewed. But then you've also got a sort of thing, which is probably 10 years old now, but he was saying a lot of people are coming out of uni now who are scientists and they go and speak to, and some farmer will be like, hey, I'm going to show you how this works. And then he's like, but what about if we were to do this? And they're like, have you got a peer reviewed study on that? And he was like, no. Well, no. Yeah. And then you're like, well, where, you know, where do you go? And it's like nothing new comes from in the middle. It what always podcast was this? We've listened. We must listen to the Lex Friedman or someone. I thought it? you were about to say it was yours. No, no, <laughs> but it might be. I do so I'm many. Like, I'm in an echo chamber now. Great. But that is so true. <laughs> they were saying the peer review process is no longer achieving what it was designed to do. It's yeah, because, weird. because people are just going, well, I'm arguing it with the peer reviewed study, yeah. and then they're like, well, I'm showing you something that just happened. Let's work out why that happened. And they're like, oh, yeah. well, until you've done a study on it, new people don't want to talk about it. But you probably can look at that as well as, so for, for example, when we were in for the federal election and then Heston came out with a bunch of different policies, and then all of a sudden you'll find within two days the two major parties had something similar, like $30 million for disaster relief. The copying, the copying guys. But so that's the thing. Neither like, confirm nor deny oh, these. <laughs> but look, look, I had a LinkedIn and I've got like maybe 15 followers. But, um, you know, on there you have a look at people who viewed your profile and it says such and such 
labour marketing department or oh, whatever else it is. And go. then so if you post anything on there, but that's where you can, as a minor party, everyone's like, oh, how are you going to do anything? You're like, I can have you an just, idea. Yeah, you just did. And then they go, nah, we're not interested. Three months later, that'll be a policy somewhere else. So that's good. although you're saying, you know, what's the point of having these people? You look at... You know, Fiona and a bunch of these other people who yeah. say, make a really outlandish statement yep. and then people are like, that's retarded. And then mm. you do whatever else and then they bring it back and then you'll see in three months' time it might be rewritten judging by what comments people have said under there. They're mm. like, you know what, 75% of people like that if you varied it and then they'll come out with something. Yeah. So you've got these two major parties who are basically not wanting to put a foot wrong and then you have minor parties on the outside who come up with outlandish decisions sometimes where that's you're just cool. like, where did that come from? But the idea behind it might not have been terrible, so then they can then move it and they go, you know, that wasn't terrible. So, like, if you have minor parties in there and they, yeah, and they have yeah. all these different ideas, then the major parties can then look at that as a sounding board. Sure, you get ostracised as a minor party for being yeah. crazy or whatever it is. But you've still moved the needle. Yeah. And so this is what you're going to do, is do a quick plug. We're gonna, you're going to do with angry, the angry Victorians. Yep. Maybe not, maybe not so much the outlandish piece, but the key part is an effect, yeah. going in on a finite front, having key issues, and the whole focus should be policies, the outcomes, you know? Our whole piece is you also want to have the good people like Chris in politics when there are policies and pandemics without precedence, mm. because that's where I believe, particularly in Victoria, we've been found wanting. You can't just rely on the policies that you're electing people to get in, because when something comes along when there is no policy or precedence, then it's the people you've got in there. And we have professional politicians as mm. opposed to people who have been on the front line dealing with the gaps and discrepancies in policy. But yeah, Chris is putting together a team to come crush it here in Victoria. So what's the plan here, just for the viewers at home, who they can vote for the Angry Victorians Party where? So at the moment, I'm going for the Western Region. So it's Upper House? Yeah, so that's, yep. where, that's where I live. I'm out there, so yep. I'm going for the Western Region, so yep. we can talk about stuff for our area, yeah. so like the Osnet Towers and that sort of thing that's happening out there, yeah. foot and mouth. But like, if someone lives on the east or the north? Yeah, so at the moment we're trying to build a team so people can so represent their the own. the plan is trip. to have people out yeah. in the so what? So we're in registration at the moment, so we're waiting for the letters to come back. Once you get registered, we'll then have time to then run with candidates. So you're going so, to run candidates in the upper house but none in the lower house, I assume? It, it depends on where people are. If people oh, want okay. to represent their local electorate, yeah. happy to have people down the bottom. So Heston's down here speaking to candidates yeah. at the same time as... We're trying to. I'm trying to get more members, and then Nikki's helping out, trying to get more members as well. And if anyone would like to become a member or put their hat up to be a candidate to represent their electorate, go to angryvictorians.org.au and express your interest. You're gonna to have to vet them, <laughs> otherwise you're gonna end up with a UAP. Style. That is my favourite. So, for example, we ran at the federal election. We ran. 12 candidates, two of those filled seats to put people above the line on the Senate ticket. Mm. That was from a field of 380 people who applied to be candidates. 380 down to what, 12? 12. Oh, wow, okay. So the people we choose because we abide by one, our values, and two, the fact that you can't just put people in. And this is, to be honest, where it actually was our undoing. These parties rely on people who can gather public opinion yes. and public interest, yes. as opposed to we actually put in the effort to make sure, hey, should these people get elected and be the only person in there, they will not be corrupted by these systems. We know what they stand for. They have the character traits that we put them through a, a testing and screening process that we use in the military. I used to help select and assess the emotional intelligence of people, not just their intellect and their behavioural traits, to make sure they are the right people for the job. That's my job while Chris is out there actually pounding the pavement and doing what needs to be done here in Victoria. Every time he talks about the party, like when I interviewed him, I walk away feeling very convinced. Well, mm, it's just party. about the cut through. Look, I would love to talk so much about the Angry Victorians party because it is the product of three months worth of 
analysis of our results and what we learned from the federal election. You know, we went in as the Australian Values Party and so quickly people branded us with the values, hearing that word, as oh, religious or racist or something because we were in our own echo chamber of veterans and first responders who so, values uh, is... So that's why you've dropped it and you gone for angry. Well, also, it's the election is a marketing campaign. There is no point having all of these great ideas and great people if you can't get them into Parliament. So it's actually adapting your tactics to be appealable to the 95% of the public who don't care about politics, who aren't going to research your policies, who are going to potentially make up their mind when they line up to vote, and targeting that as they are the customer, yeah. and then making sure you actually have the quality to follow through, because first of all, you need the platform to get the awareness to actually achieve the impact. Okay. Such, a, such a big term, um, so example, angry versus... Well, values. even just with the name going in as registration. Mm. When that went in, we, you know, Heston's on Neil Mitchell and then Financial Review got involved and The Guardian said something and then... So it worked. You know, know, it's it's yeah, Channel 9. Yeah. 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 Anyway, and that it's, was more than I'd got the whole time through the state. I saw so, you on Neil. I am loving Self-licking ice cream. That's that was it. a bloody good line. <laughs> this has been one of the most enjoyable sociological studies that we're doing. Yeah. I literally sat there in Brisbane watching people line up to vote. They didn't want to vote this side, that side. Someone had a lovely how to vote card with a pretty picture and great statement through to everything else in between, how your logo, how your name to achieve cut through. As Chris said, we've had more mainstream media coverage in the last week than we had spending all of our money in the federal election <laughs> and we haven't spent a cent yet. Free. <laughs> hey gentlemen, let's uh, get you stuck in the minds of all Victorians with some news without notice. Biden definitely has dementia, boys. <laughs> definitely. Are you, definitely. A, are you a doctor? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Landon's on the show. Did you Google that? Did you Google that? Yeah. Did you yeah. Google that? Definitely okay. Google it. There are, look, you can see it on YouTube. Everyone's seen it. He's, cra he's losing the pot. Poor guy. Like Obama said to him, Joe, you don't have to do this. And I feel sorry for him. I'm sorry. All right, look, this is just the latest. This is just the latest thing that Biden <laughs> has done signing the Inflation Reduction Act. Okay. Here you go. It's now law. the Dow posting its fifth straight daily gain. The Nasdaq finishing slightly in the red. President Biden just signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law at the White House. As you just saw, let's get right to Kayla Tausche. Look, to be fair, I feel like that was That's him just giving a souvenir. For I, I think he cash. really wanted to make sure he knew where that pen was going. <sighs> That's that his pen is going to be worth a lot of money. There, his favorite pen. there are some motor movements in his eyes. I know I'm nitpicking, but over... I know. 10 or 20 different clips of scene like this, you start to go, hey, buddy, are you okay? Yeah, I know. I, I was going to say I have an elderly relative and there was an example. When you just saw the side of the eyes and that motor movement, yeah. That's what happens when we get old. Well, you know. It does. It's a natural part of life. The, yeah. the biggest part is, I mean, he needs that support network around him. I don't know what to say to that. It's very difficult to watch, isn't it? Oh, he's definitely got dementia, man. Do you know what he's signing, though, quite seriously? The Inflation Reduction Act. Do you know? Ah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is actually a good thing in America. 
Just yeah. like the trusted identity bill for Australia. What do they name uh, is I the Googled, opposite? I Googled it and it said it was a good Act. thing. The Patriot Act. <laughs> no, it literally just says reduce. still on Ali Langdon's just influence. reduce inflation. He's like, yep. <laughs> reduce that. <laughs> the Patriot Act did not produce more patriots, I'll tell you that. The um, No Child Left Behind Act did not produce that. The Affordable Care Act actually made premiums go up. The um, What's this one called? The Inflation Reduction Act. Anyway, there's a, there's a whole bunch of, um, what do you call it? lobbied interests who got a lot of payday out of this huge spending trillions of dollars but just want to tell you about a small part of it this is uh the irs so the irs is the ato over there and uh i can't see it all um so they are doubling the number of irs agents wow so they're going from seventy-four thousand four hundred fifty-four in 2019 to sixty thousand irs agents wow. they are doubling uh, six times in the budget of the irs with this inflation reduction act and what are they going to spend it on? Only 4% is going on making your experience with the, ta- with the IRS better, so tax-based services. 57 is going to be on enforcement. And how are they going to do that? Are they going to target who? Not the rich. No, 51% of all audits um, earn less than 75K over there. So if you compare to um, other countries, this is interesting. There are 2,000 people per IRS agent after this doubling. There's 1,000 people, uh, 1,200 people per um, ATO employee in Australia. UK is a bit worse. Canada's the most... 866 people per um, CRA employee. Anyway, there's a lot of stuff hidden in this Inflation Reduction Act, and that is what Biden was signing. And no wonder everyone's cheering because a lot of people are getting rich right now. And if you're the IRS, man, you'd be happy. You're getting a six times budget increase and double the staff. I heard a lot of that's coming from these social media influencers with OnlyFans and all this that they need more support to crack down on, they figuring are, out if they, they're paying. They are making some good cash. Yeah, I literally heard that they actually are really going heavily after that mm. whole social phase and tracking down sure. their tax requirements. The, well, um, I'll, I'll be very interested with the, how many ATO employees we have and then if you put down how many police and ambulance drivers, etc., teachers you had per, per population. Per population yeah. And see if you had more, because I'm pretty sure that the police was like one per 4,000 people or something. So, well, in Victoria, we have about between 15 and 20,000 police, right? 16 or something like that. Yeah. And then we have, last time I checked, and then population of Victoria is about, what, 6 million? 6, 7 million? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, I thought it was 7, but. Something like that. So, 14,000. So, is yeah. one of those gotcha things. How many people have we got? Not, not many. <laughs> well, I know out west. I can Google. <laughs> Well, Matt's got his phone. He's gone. I know out west where you live, um, I hang up with some cops. Uh, One of them is a highway patrol out there. Mm. And he said some nights there's literally two cars Mm. for all of west, from from Deer Park all the way down to um, Point Cook. Yeah. Just because you're short of a few few cars for highway patrol. Well, yeah. And that's just highway patrol. But, like, you've got the, the divisional vans out there. About half an hour into your shift, three of them will probably be already doing stuff. You might have carryover from yeah. the afternoon. So you might take over from the afternoon shift and the first two cars that come in are already off the road. So now there's no one to respond. And then you sometimes I'll be like, carry that over till night shift. Mm. And then you wonder why police aren't turning up. You're like, because well, they're already dealing with Karen from down the road who's upset about the noise complaints. Karen from finance. Yeah. Service, delivery, actually. service delivery in Vicpole is a real issue. Uh, okay. What about this? Coconut water. Big news. Hitting, hard-hitting items. Coconut water. Raw Sea introduces... All natural fruit infused coconut waters. Do you know what this is, right? Because a coconut is literally a fruit. No. How dare you? And <laughs> they're packaging a fruit up because a coconut is a commodity. You know, you can't make good margins on commodities. Mm-hmm. So there's this so thing. This, well, this is an economic principle. As okay. things become commoditized, they become distrib- they I'll show you in a minute with Aldi. Okay. They become common. Anyone can compete. There's no uniqueness. A coconut. If you were selling a coconut and I was selling a coconut, what's the difference? I don't- 
branding. Mine's all natural. No, 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 no branding. Free range. No, a coconut, just okay. a, a raw yeah. coconut. By itself without an explanation, agreed. It comes down to its appearance, absolutely. Mm. But, but it's a brown coconut, you've got a brown coconut, that's it. Yep. There's no labeling. So what we've started to do is we've started to fight back against commoditization by creating uniqueness through a product. And this, I find this really interesting because you buy coconut water in a thing, but now they're adding fruit twist to it. Mm. And it's kind of a cheap way of decommoditization. What they're trying to do is say, hey, our coconut water is not like any other coconut water on the shelf. Is it delicious? Have you tried it? The no, one with I, pineapple in the coconut. I hope we're going to have a product test here. We could add yeah. a segment. Well, then have a response. The coconut water with pineapple in it should be marketing themselves as Maduri no alcohol. That's a good point. The Maduri spice. Yes. That's what that is. What's it called? A mocktail or a welcome Maduri? Well, coconut, I mean, coconut and pineapple. Is it Maduri? Yeah, Maduri make an illusion and they make a splice. I oh. don't know. I'm not trying to just emasculate you with this conversation, but I actually generally don't know what's in a Maduri. Mm. Splice. Maduri is a melon liqueur. <laughs> splice, you've got coconut rum, you've got pineapple juice. Is that the green one? You're a young male, you should it's know. It's the green one. Then you got a bar. I think the first, oh, this is not appropriate this segment, I think as a young male of drinking age, the first time I tried Maduri, I was scared when mm. it processed through me, and that's the last time I drank Maduri. You were scared? It has a tendency to turn bodily functions green, I think. Mm. Green? Yeah. What do you mean by green? Vomiting. <laughs> no, when I went number two at the bathroom. Green? Wow. <laughs> wow. We've gone off topic. <laughs> <Sorry. Yeah. laughs> Why would I be... F okay, moving on. Yeah, no, thank you. So next we have on news. And you're the notice. trained one. Excellent. <laughs> Did you guys happen to know that there is an egg shortage in Victoria? Oh, and I have a theory that I want to test. You said beforehand that there are no eggs on the shelf. No, I said I have not seen any shortages. There are eggs on the shelf. Oh, I thought you said there weren't. No. Well, I, have, I Googled and I was told that there is an egg shortage in Occasionally Victoria. Occasionally it runs a bit low, but it's only every couple of months. Google said there's an egg shortage in Victoria. Yeah, and this is the reason why I'm down here why? with Chris, because... Did you know why chickens don't lay eggs? I have six very happy chickens who give me six eggs. They're happy. So when chickens are happy, they lay eggs. Yes. So when you know a state is in trouble, when there are no eggs because the chickens are not laying, because even the chickens are not happy. Victorian These are the are impacts happy. of what's been going on down here under this dictatorship. So that's why we're here with the Angry Victorians party to get the chickens laying again. Oh, amen. Get those chickens laying. Yeah, now they're going to go to the supermarket, see heaps of eggs, and they're going to be like, well, I don't need to vote for them. Because the Angry Victorian <laughs> party is here. Sorry. <laughs> okay, we've been going on too long. Listen to these boys. Uh, all right, so look, com commoditization is, is the bane of existence for all product companies. I've, I've worked in business a lot. Sorry, it's a bit nerdy for a moment. But this is um, also a really good thing for consumers because it gets cheaper. This is Aldi. So Aldi have now announced they've got this. This is a. Mm. Do you, you, I don't, you're not from Sydney. Bankstown. I Banks, yeah. Okay. I, I, this is at Bankstown, Aldi, that they, they rolled out this dumpling truck. I grew up going to the Bankstown Trotting Club. Mum used to serve there. Oh, wow. She was a waitress there. there. Yeah. yeah. Grade. What school did kind, you go to? Kindergarten, grade one. Um, I think it was. Oh, no, because. Is New Warra Avenue. It was only when you were kindergarten. Yeah, kindergarten, grade one, then I moved up to Brisbane. Oh, okay. yeah. No, all right. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Aldi does this dumpling truck. Now they're doing, look at this, mate. This is six Urban Eats dumplings. I don't know what Urban Eats dumplings, but six dumplings for $1.44. You can't beat that. How do you, like every dumpling provider, every restaurant, I mean, the quality won't be as good, but mm. has anyone on this, cheap. Has anyone at this table eaten dumplings from Aldi? Okay. No. No. So, I mean, I'm just sort of worried about that to start off with. No, oh. but if you saw that in the street, that's bloody mm. cheap. I would see Aldi dumpling truck and I would... <laughs> You're going to skip it? I'm not a dumpling person to start off with. I just find it. What are you? Al Aldi, how, how do I get this? Aldi is what, somewhere what you, you go. Aldi is somewhere you go to buy like cheaper 
base products, common groceries yeah. to go commodities. into commodities. I don't know about going Aldi for ready-made dumplings. Aldi forty-four for six, bro. Please do not sue me. I need to go taste. I need to go do some market research before I actually shoot off at the hip and. Do you know how cheap that is? Undermine. That's so is it? cheap. That's so cheap. Often you pay over a dollar per dumpling. That's a dollar forty-four for six. Does, does it depend on the dumpling? Yeah, of course it does. But that's that's cheap. And again, you okay. can't you can't see the size either there either. No, they'd be they're, the quality would be bad. Yeah. But it's cheap, but and also, people will buy it. Yeah, well, you accept it at a dollar forty-four. You've been you to IKEA. Like, crap, and you're like, they're a dollar forty-four. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. They do that with the hot dogs at Costco. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I just want to know if they're making enough money to pay for that truck. Well, that's the thing. They're so big, they can afford to take a loss and do that. Because anyway, there you go. Go check out Aldi if you're interested. But that again, that's the commoditization. All the all the um out, the good dumpling makers are going to be like, no, ours are better. Ours are special. Mm-hmm. Trying to stand out from the commodity. Aldi does this all the time. They commoditize everything. And sorry, I'm a bit bitter because I had a nut business. We used to sell roasted nuts, and then the commodity. What sort of nuts? Roasted nuts. Uh, no, like um macadamias, walnuts, almonds, pecans. Did you not? Is there any nut you discriminate against? Chestnut? That I would not. That I would, that would you would not include within your product? Is there a particular peanuts, nut? Peanuts are not nuts. They're legumes. Ooh. Delicious legumes, but they're not nuts at all. So when people say, do you have a nut allergy, it's actually a legume allergy. Oh. Yes. Yes. Peanuts are not even in the salad. How old were you family. in? What? That's I'm sorry. Are you a scientist? I need noticed. to verify this. What does Google legumes. say? What does Google say? All right. So, and gentlemen, this is going to blow you away. LeBron. We all know who LeBron is. Mm-hmm. This man makes five hundred forty-two thousand per NBA game. That's US, mm-hmm. but on US, but on IG on Instagram, up to four hundred twenty-eight thousand per sponsored post. I want to know how much money he's made in one single game playing and then posting while he's been on the bench. That's so good. But this is his contract divided by games and whatever, right? Yeah, understood. This is how this works. We can break that down. We can break it down. Now, this is because he has one hundred twenty-nine million Instagram followers. <sighs> That is crazy money. He's making almost the same money for IG as the game. I mean, but bravo. He won't, he won't be now with the IRS. Ah. Too many of them. They're Too all turned I'm sure he's doing the right thing. I'm sure he's a law-abiding citizen. We're not making accusations otherwise. Mind you, even <sighs> if they sent every... He's the police officer. IRS on, agent over there and they took a dollar each, he'd still be making a fortune. Yeah, <laughs> 160,000 160, IRS. Agents. That's incredible. Like, that's amazing. That's yeah. credit. That's amazing, eh? Goals. Aspirations. You really? I mean, if I had... That's, that's Some a weak that goal. For the federal election, goal. we would have been. <laughs> my goal is Ronaldo. 476 yeah. million followers instead of his paltry 129. 476 million followers. That's half a billion people. Yep. He makes up to $2 million per sponsored post. What you got to do is be like a wicked soccer player. Football, oh God, Best I'm going to unleash the hordes. Best you know what would be great? Is if, like he was there and you pinched his phone while he was passed out. Facebook, like face unlock, <sighs> did a post for yourself. To half a billion people. <laughs> Even if it was only for five like, minutes, you'd oh, crush oh, it. That'll be two million. You'd be, you'd be infamous. <laughs> I mean, you'd probably, yeah. You just have to do. What's the legal implications of that, Mr. Police Officer? Oh, who cares? He's not oh. a cop anymore. At, at most, you'd cop a ticket for unlocking someone's <laughs> face. <huh? laughs> In Victoria, or? Oh yeah, no, Victoria, you'd be. Actually, we don't lock people up either. Oh, I don't know what the story. We just intervention orders. Yeah, yeah we just orders. bad people the whole time. We don't lock them up. Thank you for joining us for season six, episode whatever, on 14 of the People's Project. Joined by Heston Russell on my left, your right, and, oh no, wait, 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 and Chris Burson over here. Um, both can be uh, very active on social media for the Angry Victorians party. But I, I, I'm answer, what's the, with the diet, boys? What diet? There's a bunch of people watching why you're such good specimens. What do you do for your workout and your diet regime? Well, maybe it's just me. I'm pretending they want to know, but I want to know. I know, but we might have to say it for next time, so they have to tune in and get some You're tips. not going to be here again. No. <laughs>
You're never coming back. He will. That's why I've kept you for an hour and a half. Look, that's a large conversation, but all I know is it's not dumplings from Aldi or flavoured coconut water. So I haven't eaten today, so I should not go and eat dumplings. You haven't eaten today. It's been a rough day, so I should not go and eat okay. dumplings and no. water. For starters, you need to actually get into a healthy routine where you're actually turning over your metabolism and not starting with day. dumplings and coconut water. And not chocolate bars for breakfast. Well, I actually had two desserts because uh, somebody doesn't eat these uh, macros. Chris, potential too. voters are watching this. Aspirational yeah. and relatable. <clears throat> Stop puffing your chest out. Not everyone's three percent body fat, mate. I'll give you the tip. Out of the two of us, um, I'm closer to. <laughs> anyway, normal. <laughs> yeah. Got anything you want to say before we wrap up? Um, I'm Ron Burgundy. No, <laughs> you know he reads teleprompter. Just cut it away. <laughs> There's no teleprompter, all right, everyone. They're, they're making me look terrible. Uh, have a lovely week. Oh, I forgot to do a quote. I always finish with a quote. I need to come up with a quote. What's a good quote? Um. um Wow. Ooh, famous quote. the self-licking ice cream? That's not a quote. Okay. What about the life, life is full of content. Be someone who contributes, not someone who simply sits in their studio and commentates. I'm Heston Russell. Have a good night. Wow. I got the week off. <laughs> is that also a stab at Matt? Saying, I don't just sit in my studio doing whatever. Oh. Like no, it was a stab at, what's her name? <laughs> Ali. Your former oh, love interest. She was so hot, man. No, he's contributing. He's getting people in here contributing to society. Look, he built this with his oh. hands from fire and steel. Oh, this is fire a garage. This is a garage. You can see the... You yeah. Know. yeah. Does this go up? Well, I hope not. What? Wall that way. <laughs> so we've unplugged the... Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's idiot-proofed. Thank you.